2: Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast, baseball family. For those of you new to the show, we are here to raise money for the nonprofit organization Called Up, whose mission is to give disadvantaged young ballplayers the equipment they need to play the game we all love. We also want to unite communities by improving or rebuilding baseball facilities in areas suffering economic or environmental hardship. At this time, you can support by purchasing t-shirts and other baseball-related apparel and accessories from 9plusus.com. 10% of all these sales go to the cause. Again, that's 9plusus.com. The number 9, P-L-U-S-U-S dot 9plusus.com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Baseball Together podcast brought
0: to you by 9 plus <music> Welcome back, baseball family. We're excited to have you here on the next episode of the Baseball Together podcast. As usual, I am Brig, and I am here with my good buddy, Brad. As usual. So we're going to talk about a number of things today, but the first thing is this wacky trade deadline and all the shenanigans that went on. Shenanigans is a perfect word for it. It was shenanigans, man. But before we get into that, I have just a quick personal story i want to share it's not exactly personal it's just a local interest piece <laughs> i live in upstate south carolina and the group my my current hometown american legion team just won the state title yesterday nice uh, that's awesome yeah, it's awesome so post 115 won only two games last season by the way wow and then two years ago, they didn't even field a team. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So this is huge. Absolutely huge. And they came in. They had already secured a spot at regionals down in Tampa. Uh, so that was no big deal. Uh, whether they won or lost the state title game wouldn't have mattered. They'd still go to regionals. But you know what? It, it always matters, right? It always matters.
2: Oh yeah, you always want to win it. you always want to win a tournament you're playing in, no matter what. It and is.
0: then and then you want to go into the regionals knowing that you sealed the deal in the in the previous one, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyway, we're we're all very proud of them, and they beat Fort Mill. It was a seven to three ball game Friday night. Uh, that was last night. So congratulations to Post One Fifteen in the American Legion here in the Upstate, uh, the Greer team. The, uh, let's see, the, I think the Tampa game starts, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't see where that is.
2: Post 115, is that, uh, is that like your mile marker?
0: I don't know how that works either.
2: Your freeway mile marker? I don't know. Because uh, our, our Legion team, we were just, we were the Cardinals. And I think we, I think, but I think we had like old school Memphis Redbirds hats. Yeah. So it was it was pretty cool, and we had like red and blue. With mm-hmm. my favorite part of the uniform was the candy striped strips.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. So we That's wore awesome. everybody
2: wore the, everybody wore the pant legs up all summer long. Hmm. So that was pretty rad. That's so, rad. But no, two wins for an, for a legion team could make for a long summer. And for those guys coming back, that's that's awesome. They came back in in one state. That's a big deal. Yeah, to
0: go from no, no to those guys. program at all. Yeah, no program yeah. at all to two wins the next season, and then now they're state champs. So yeah, that's the, great. They got a new head coach this season. His name's Chad Hart, and uh, he's a, like I said, first first year coach. And the very first thing he said when he got on the, the team, he posted on social: "He's we're going to win state." So that's, that's awesome. a lot that's and he did they pulled it off so very exciting. Yeah. Hopefully cool. they make it and all think the way to the World Series, the American Legion World Series.
2: That'd be great. And I think for us, um we won we won state our summer and but we kind of expected to. Mm. Um but we didn't have the competition that you guys have down there. So I I think that's a big deal cuz there's I'm sure there's a lot of really good teams down there.
0: Oh yeah. Just cuz you can play so, baseball all year long here basically. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. So yeah, this is a a huge deal. So that's that's really cool. So congratulations to the Greer American Legion team.
2: All right, should we get into this uh these trade deadline shenanigans?
0: Let's suck trade shenanigans.
2: All right, so the first one I want to talk about um I mean, let's just get into the meat of it. Granky to the to the Astros.
0: Oh. Did you see that thing I posted on the page? I
2: did. I did. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Brig posted on the VIP page. Uh, for those of you who are on it, uh, I don't know if you saw it or not. Anybody who's not part of the VIP group, um, come find us. Nine plus us VIPs. Um, ask for, ask to be added, we'll add you. No problem. Um, but it was this. It was a short video. It was longer than a, than a GIF, but it was it a was sh- little short video from Avengers Infinity War. It was Thanos as he's putting the final <laughs> Infinity Stone in the gauntlet, but somebody had... um Superimposed. Yeah, superimposed or photoshopped AJ Hinch's head on top of Thanos, <laughs> 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 basically saying the Astros are going to wreck.
0: Well, <laughs> wreck and then they put, great. they put Granky's face on top of the last infinity stone
2: oh that's right that's right granky was the mind stone that's right and then
0: all of the other pictures (laughs) are listed (laughs) where their faces were in their different stone (laughs) spots and so it was like this that was perfect because that's exactly how it feels everybody should feel that way now we might have to redo our entire prediction uh episode now because i i think we're going to be hard pressed to see uh The Astros not go the distance. I don't know.
2: And I'm gonna say I don't think we do because I'm not gonna change anything.
0: Whoa, okay, okay. So me neither, then, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Let
2: me tell you why. So I mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago. I think it was we were talking about guys who kind of maybe struggle a little bit in the postseason. And I specifically mentioned Granky's name. Mm-hmm. How he has talked about how he gets nervous in the postseason. And maybe he'll be just fine this year because he's not going into he's not going into this postseason as an ace. He doesn't have that pressure on him, right? Yeah. I mean with um with especially Verlander, who's like the vet and like the guy. And then you've got Garrett Cole. And then you've got Wade Miley, who's pitching really well this year. He could very well be the fourth guy in that rotation. Yep. And that four-man rotation could be it. Oh, no, <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, if that's the case, they may not lose a game, you know? That's, that's <laughs> right. Four, they might go 3-4-4. Four, and four, or They might just win uh, 11 straight games, and that'll be the end of it. Yeah. And they very well could be Thanos. But on the other hand, if Granke's nerves do surface in the postseason, uh, I think the wheels might fall off, and if Miley comes back down to earth, because he's a year or so removed from Tommy John surgery, and so this workload that he's taken on this this year, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I'm not saying that that he's necessarily gonna tire from that, that his arm's gonna tire, but it's a possibility, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah, um, and I'm, I'm not worried about Verlander and Cole. I mean, that's pretty much two guaranteed wins right there.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And depending on how Hinch manages his bullpen. You know, because we saw that a couple of years ago, or last year, mm-hmm. that managing his bullpen came back and, back and bit him. So I'm not going to necessarily give them, I'm not going to even put them in the World Series right now, because they've got to get through the Yankees. They've got to get through, um, I mean, they're going to have to get through the Indians still, who are, who are a good team, right? Yeah. So And maybe the Twins,
0: depending on how the
2: seeding works out. Yes, possibly the Twins cuz the Twins are yeah, rock solid. Oh yeah, the Twins. The, the Twins will hit home runs off anybody right now. Yeah. It, they don't they don't care who you are. They don't care. You you could be th- you could be Thanos throwing fastballs up there. They're going to hit a home run. Off That's right. Team. No, it's so, mad it's maddening. Yeah, they're insane. So uh I'm going to pump the brakes on the Astros right now and that might just be my cynical take on the Astros. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, me and the rest of the league, we're just going to be over here in a veto position That's in the corner. You all can come to my house and we'll just cower.
2: (laughs) That's fine. You can call me Captain America. I'm going to stand up to the Astros.
0: Okay, Captain America. (laughs) Blackjack Brad. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I got to be honest, though. This was the most boring trade deadline deadline ever.
2: Yeah, until like 5 minutes before.
0: and then it was still
2: boring. Like it was... and then my phone like blew up, but I yeah, it's still like but where are the blockbusters? There are there weren't really
0: any blockbusters. The biggest yeah, the none. biggest talk the whole time. In my opinion, the Stroman trade was bizarre. <clears throat> and that happened days before. I know, that.
2: but it was yeah, I was conv- I was convinced that the reason the Mets made that trade so early was I was sure they were going to flip him you because and everybody else. No business. They have no business. No business. Just holding on to a guy like that, no. unless they're just trolling the entire league.
0: That's what I think. That's what they did. They all went, "No, <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> can't, can't have it. it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he is mine."
0: Yeah, that's all they did. They then they blew a big old raspberry.
2: <laughs> I'm sure they did. Well, and then they just dangled Syndergaard out there to everybody too. Like, you want him? Yeah. Yes. Come and get him you and then an hour before it's like no You
0: can't have him have, have him <laughs> He is ours. If we can't win games, then you can't have our players.
2: If we can't win games, then nobody
0: can <laughs> That's how it felt. It still it feels is. that way. It does. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that the Mets are truly the little brother of not just the oh Yankees but the entire MLB. Oh my gosh. Just <laughs> Just
0: no. nipping at your heels, want to go where you're going. Yeah, when they don't, don't get their know. way, then nobody gets their way. <laughs>
2: That's right, exactly. Like I truly do not know what the Mets are doing, what they're thinking by holding on to both of those guys. Like they're not gonna catch, they're not gonna catch anybody in the wild card. They're, right now, they're five games back. This is uh, this is Saturday morning. They're five games back of the Nats and Cubs. Yeah. They're not catching either of those teams. No. I don't care what happens to the. I don't care if either of those, neither of those teams make the playoffs, like make the wild card game. They're not catching those teams no matter what.
0: No. Nope.
2: Like, they have no reason to be holding on to Stroman, no reason to be holding on to Syndergaard. Like, I'm not huge on prospects, but you're not winning this year. Plan for a year or two down the road. Like, that's what the Mariners are doing. The Mariners traded a couple of pitchers because they said, like, the plan was never to win this year. So, Mike Leake, who I claimed I could probably hit a bomb off, yeah, the, you did, um, a few weeks ago, who went uh, twenty four outs, twenty four straight, twenty four straight outs. He's three outs away from a perfect game. A couple weeks ago, <laughs> so uh, I was sitting there watching that. I was like, "Oh, that's neat." There's your crow, Brad. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I, I ate it. Don't worry. <clears throat> oh good. I was watching that. <laughs> um, he got traded for a couple prospects. Um, so the Mariners, I felt like did a pretty good job. Yeah. I was like, that's what the Mets should be doing. Like, yeah. Get a couple guys for the, and those were guys who I think will be ready to come up in a year or two. Right. But no, I don't know what the Mets are doing besides just like holding, like just like stockpiling guys that they don't want the rest of the league to have, you know? Yeah. Because they held on to Diaz who it was rumored that he was on, on the block. Um, who hasn't had a great year but but he could go somewhere and and do well, I still feel like. Yeah. But I don't know. The Mets are weird. Yeah. So weird.
0: They, they are weird.
2: To... <laughs> yeah. They are and then, weird. And they're run by their GM was is a former agent. Right. So I wonder if this is just like a thing the agents do is they're just like, no. You know, just hold on to everything. Because that's what the Lakers do too, is yeah. Is that um uh I can't think of his name. Anyway, the Lakers Guy, GM, yeah, the one
0: who's in basketball. Yeah, he
2: uh, he's a he's a former agent too, <coughs> and he's not one to really deal with people. So it's kind of like, all right, I guess we've seen the blueprint so far. Oh for two with agents running teams. Yeah, if you're so if your team hires a, an agent or former agent as an as a GM, panic. Hmm.
0: <laughs> That's it. When is Scott so, Boras so gonna buy like, a team, or JM a team? Oh, gosh. Hopefully it's like the Astros or something, so they stop. <laughs> <laughs> I just was sitting here thinking about all the different agents that are that we know, right? Because there are very few that yeah. are even household names. Scott might be the yeah. only one. Anyway, I keep because I bring him yeah, up. Yeah,
2: the only one in baseball. Yeah, right?
0: I bring him up in conversation, and Tiffany's like, how do you know who that is? I'm like, oh, how do you not, right? <laughs>
2: because he makes sure that you know who yeah. that is. It's hilarious. <laughs> like Don
0: King with boxing, right? It's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just doesn't have the hair. Yeah.
2: Anyway. Yeah, no, it's baffling. The other thing that's baffling to me, we'll stay in New York with this, is the Yankees. You. And it was their lack of movement, too, in the opposite direction. They didn't go get anybody.
0: Bro. They couldn't go get anybody.
2: They should have. Yeah. Yeah, they could have. So Alright. Hold the phone. Are you ready for this? Let's calm I'm down. Literally holding literally holding my phone right now. So the Yankees were offered Robbie Ray from the D backs for three prospects. What did the Yankees need? Robbie Ray, by the way, is a pitcher. Yeah. What did the Yankees need to get? And starters. Need to get at back? least one. Robbie Ray's a starter. Yeah, Robbie Ray's a starter. He's a good starter. What are those three prospects going to do for you? Nothing right now. Yeah, okay, I understand you've got a little bit of depth in the cooler with some prospects. A lot of depth right now. You've got, yeah, but you're trying to win this year. And as the Yankees, I feel like that's you need to be focused on this year, every year. And I know they've kind of gotten away from that approach a little bit under the younger Steinbrenners, right? Yeah. And with Cashman, but if you're trying to win this year, you're not concerned with prospects because you might get one out of ten that hit.
0: Yeah.
2: Maybe. Right. right? If somebody's asking me for three prospects for a starting pitcher, which is something I desperately need, I'm saying, yeah, take him. (laughs) I'm right here. I I have, uh, the Yankees have proven that they know how to draft. They drafted Judge. Oh, for sure. um, Drafted Gregorius, right? Yeah.
0: No, he came from Arizona. Okay. Either way though, I mean they've proven they know how to trade for they, guys. And and that's the magic. Like they bring up guys in the system and then they mm-hmm. also trade young.
2: Yeah. And if nothing else, they can develop guys. Like they can oh, make moves sure. later and, and develop guys. They can trade a couple prospects. like like you can trade minor leaguers across and then get somebody who you think you can develop. That's what we got. But Hicks right now and right now though it, Yeah. Yeah, but right
0: now it's all about winning.
2: And... Win right yeah, now. You've got to win now. And if you need a pitcher who cares about your farm system? Like, I I don't care if your farm system got better. Like as a fan, I don't care if my farm system got better. If I'm contending for a world series, if come October, the Yankees get burned because of their second or third starting pitcher, I would be livid as a Yankees fan. Like I would be calling for Cashman's head.
0: We're all confused. That's how mad I would be. We all, all of us are confused. We're, we're trying not to be hurt. And I think what's happening is we're all saying... Uh, so, here's the narrative in Yankee fandom that I am aware of, okay? Mm-hmm. We believe that the, the league shut us out.
2: And that could, be tr- that, c- that could be true. I
0: don't know if it's necessarily the case, just because there was that. You know, that one deal, though. So... Yeah, they're yeah. all a lot of the other players that we thought were available. And there was some talk about they weren't actually available. Mm-hmm. So the Mad Bum thing, people are like, how come we didn't pick up Mad Bum? Well, apparently he had a no Yankees clause in his contract. So did Granke. so did Granky had a no, no New York. Yeah, clause, not just the Yankees. but the Man- So, I mean, there's nothing you could do about that. Like, even though they're available, they're, they're actually not available to those teams. So, yeah. Um, Then the Marcus Stroman thing that they talked with the Mets about flipping Stroman to the Yankees, but you know what? It it just, it just never happened because the cashman said it was too expensive is what he said. Um, Even though they had a lot of discussion about it. And what kills me is that these teams are the asking prices were so steep. I mean, they, they really were, whether it be prospects or, or cash whatever right I mean it's really really expensive mm-hmm. the market was really vicious to for the Yankees which is funny and
2: I think the market was just vicious in general just because teams know who's know who the few contenders are Totally. Also. and I think that the that the lower tier teams weren't necessarily willing to help anybody out even though for some reason every year people are or teams are willing to help out the Astros I don't understand what that is like you're helping them build a dynasty yeah that's yeah. what you're doing. I don't get it. Like I, I don't get that. I don't understand why teams are willing to do that. But the other thing I heard with Cashman was that he refused to talk to the Red Sox. He did. Like I, you, you can't do that. I listen to so every week uh I listen to the I listen to Dan Levitard every day, Dan Levitard show every day because I think it's hilarious. Um not everybody likes it. I get that. But they have David Sampson who is a former VP of the of the Marlins before they sold to Derek Jeter and his group. Um so he comes on every week and he is unfiltered. And he was saying that uh he's like you only get to work with 29 other teams. Why on earth would you cut one of those teams out? He's like you you've got to exhaust all of your options. Why would you eliminate one of your options when you can only work with 29 right. other guys? And I was like that is a that's an excellent yeah. point. You can't you can't eliminate the Red Sox just because you hold a grudge against who they are. You know, like there is a there's a massive, vast, a deep history, of of players going from Yankees to the Red Sox, the Red Sox to so Yankees, because players don't care. The front office shouldn't care.
0: Well, I I
2: mean, you know, like like the fans care yeah. obviously, but but the front office
0: shouldn't. It's interesting because some of the most uh, blockbuster trades have been between the two those two teams. Like, I mean, in the history yeah, of the game. Yeah. Right? I mean, it goes all the way back
2: and starts with Babe Ruth.
0: It really does. You know? Which is amazing. But I remember when Johnny Damon shaved his beard and cut his hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, went for Dude, the Red Sox. that was... Oh, man. That was something special. That was... <laughs> so, yes. The Yankees did nothing... This trade, I don't think it was all their fault. I don't think that it was, you know, blameless either. I think, like, I agree with you. We should have picked up somebody helpful. And then, but, but here's what I will say. it. This young Yankees team, even with the current IL problem they're having, this young Yankees team is going to take this as a slap in the face, and they're going to say, fine. Fine, watch us do we'll it. Do it We're gonna do it anyway, and they will. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I think I think they'll do it um, regardless. It's just it's gonna be hard without pitching. Well, and now really hard without pitching. now, but especially with the way they played the last week and a half.
0: Yeah, but they they with the Red Sox last night, not whipped them, but they beat them two to four, and Paxton went through six. So and he finally got his curveball back. Anyway, they get the Yankees are playing 19 games in 17 days, started yesterday, Friday. And tonight is today is Saturday, there's going to they're going to play a day night doubleheader against the Red Sox and then another game against the Red Sox at home. All at home. So, big time standings battle right now in the east. Yeah, I was just jarred by
2: the amount of runs they gave up to the Red Sox. But I do feel like, on the other hand, though, you have to um, kind of throw out the records and everything when those two teams play. Yeah. Because it is is kind of in a vacuum, generally speaking. Totally. So, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be freaking out. And I always talk about how I'm such a staunch Yankee hater, but really it's just like I'm not. Because I really like the way this team is put together. I really like... Really, really like watching Aaron Judge play. Like that guy's awesome. So I, I'm not truly a Yankee hater. Uh these days I don't I hate the Astros more than I hate the Yankees. Oh man, who doesn't? <laughs> because of the havoc that they've wreaked on the AL West. Yeah. So
0: absolutely.
2: So no, I would really like to see this team do well. And I I just man, that pitching scares me. That's the only thing.
0: It's terrifying. So yeah. If you're not scared, you're wrong. That's what I say.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. You
0: should be wrong. You should be scared. We should all be scared of Houston right now.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: So, what do you think of yeah. Cubs sending Carl Edwards Jr. to the Padres?
2: No, it's the it's the move with Nick Castellanos that I think that the that the Cubs really did well with. Like, mm. I was actually listening to a Cubs game the other day, since it was the Cubs and Brewers the only Brewers was the only game going, and that guy had a heck of a game.
0: Yeah,
2: he. Great defensively, he was spraying the ball all over the field. Like, man, that's a that's a Joe Madden kind of guy right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's a, absolutely true.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I think he's, he's going to do well there, and he's, he's a solid little pickup. Sneaky little pickup.
0: Yeah, it's sneaky. All
2: right, well, I think we've gone long enough with this. Let's go ahead and wrap it up, and we're going to uh, finish up our, our talk on steroids with steroids part two. Oh, steroids. Hey babe, I'm headed to concessions, do you want me to grab you something?
1: Yeah, anything, whatever you're getting.
2: Okay, I saw a burger, I'll probably grab that.
1: Mm, no, that doesn't sound good.
2: Okay, I think there's barbecue, probably some nachos.
1: Uh, I don't think I want either of those either. Um, but just get me anything.
2: <sighs> what do you want?
1: Uh, I saw a hot dog earlier.
0: Okay, I can do that.
1: Well, no...
0: Couples may quarrel, but baseball is for lovers. Shop the Lover's Collection at 9plusus.com.
2: Alright, thanks for coming back with us, Baseball Family. To recap last week what we were talking about, uh, we were talking about steroids and some of our thoughts, opinions, things like that on them. Uh, So we want to continue that conversation this week on this episode um, Tiff is still with us, uh, Brig is still with us. The whole gang's all here. Let's get back into it. All right, now, Brig, you have some some questions for us to kind of get us back into our to continue our conversation to continue where we left off next week or last week. What do you have for us?
0: Well, I just think it's important that we talk a little bit about the history of steroids and how it relates to Major League Baseball. So, first and foremost, in 1998, okay, there's a jar of uh performance enhancing precursor right a steroid precursor found in mark mcguire's locker and Mm -hmm. that kind of set this whole thing off right it was 1998 what's interesting is that it took three years for major league baseball to implement any sort of unilateral random drug testing program at the major league level three years yeah, so, when
2: I remember, I remember when they found that it was all the talk was it was creatine.
0: Yeah, that's was what they said, it was creatine. Yeah, yeah
2: cuz which you know, is no big deal, but that's that was the conversation that oh, where Wire got this big off creatine. Nope. No, that's no, not he possible. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's not possible to get that big off of protein either. Let's just be clear. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> okay, so the first question I have is why did it take major league baseball three years to implement anything. <laughs> like, what do you guys think?
2: Well, I, I think part of it is, I mean, I know that Major League Baseball, particularly Rob Manfred lately, has been hiding behind the word logistics with, like, extending the netting. Yeah. But I think that's legitimately the case in this in this situation, that there was a lot that they had to go through with the Players Association because that's something that has to be collectively bargained. Right. Right? Like you've got to talk to the players association and and decide on something as far as what you're going to do with testing because I don't Can they test for human
0: growth? They are testing. Yes, they are testing for HGH. So, that's
2: right. Yeah, they can test for for HGH, but for a long time they couldn't even do that. Right. You know, because it involved taking blood. You couldn't just do a urine sample and and test for HGH. It was strictly anabolic steroids. Um, so I think that was part of it. Um, I don't want to say that Bud Selig liked the show that was being put on with steroids. But at the same time, viewership and attendance, everything was through the roof.
0: It was. He
2: had to have thought, let's ride this out for a little bit. Oh, of course. That he had to have thought. just been like, let's, let's ride it out a little bit. Um, I don't think he thought it was going to die down. But I think he was just like, let's take our time. Things are really, really good right now. Let's, and then, you know, it's going to reach a fever pitch at a point where we're going to have to do something. And then let's, let's kind of work our way into implementing something. And guess what
0: that fever pitch took shape of? The shape of that fever pitch hammer swing came in the form of the United States government. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. Yep. So the house, which
2: you know, at at the time, I thought it was so funny. Like, why is the government getting involved with baseball? And now I understand.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're adults. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So there was a, an, a sort of a an edict, I guess, came out that said you will do something about this major league baseball. It actually came from <laughs> Senator uh, McCain from Arizona, was one of the biggest proponents of this. Uh, and Senator Dorgan as well from uh, North Dakota. Anyway, they they basically pushed Bud Selig and the Players Association to implement any sort of drug testing program. They called for something very strict, and obviously it all got negotiated in the collective bargaining agreement, but um, that was kind of the first time that Selig, right? He's like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> Just like you said, and then they did a whole bunch of stuff in the minor leagues way before, like way before it got to the major league level with a with a 100% ban on, on this type of substance. So, so, okay, I think it's self-evident, and you brought it up, Brad, as to why it took baseball so long to take action and why the government got involved, but is... The government's response to performance enhancers, is it is it them meddling or is it further proof of what, Tiff, you were saying earlier about or last week about, um, about the social responsibility that baseball and baseball players have?
1: Um, well, of course, this is a political issue. So it depends on how you feel about how government should uh should proceed when it comes to business, right? Um, because there is an ethical side to this. One of the problems, of course, is that if something like performance enhancing drugs is easy to get and is accepted in use in one agency, it will spread like wildfire. So of course the government has a has a interest in keeping those things tight because once it's accepted in one society, it spreads to the rest. So, I, I I don't want to get too far into politics or anything. However, it's important to understand that the the government's part in this has to do with not trying to control, uh, you know, MLB, but that it, there is an ethical issue of the of the acceptance of performance-enhancing drugs in an association.
0: I agree with that, especially
1: something so, uh so well loved by so many people in the country
0: which doesn't necessarily justify government involvement but i do think that the ethics if not checked do demand some some you know a greater level of legal involvement whether that be you know in this case it's the government so tiff to kind of piggyback on your point of it being
2: an ethical issue with the politics i mean i look at it as straight up a legal issue because testosterone, anabolic steroids, I mean, again, the pharmaceuticals side of me coming out, that's a schedule three drug, which, uh, to put that in perspective, that's like uh, Tylenol with codeine. Right. Is a schedule three. It's a controlled substance. Um, yeah, controlled substance. Uh, it's one step above, like, oxycodone and Oxycontin um, and, like, amphetamines. Like,. Yeah, I guess one step below on the scheduling. It's it's not quite as restricted, but it's about as restricted as you can get it, but still be legal. Um, it proves that it does have a medical use, but it's also easy, it can definitely be abused, which is what was going on in Major League Baseball. It wasn't just the fact that these guys were juicing to hit a bunch of home runs and get a bunch of money. It's the fact that they're using a drug illegally and probably obtaining it illegally. So. I think the fact that these guys were getting suspended and uh, publicly shamed is a lot better than what could have been happening as far as jail time. Um,
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Because because
2: there were trainers and um, listen to the Dan Labotard show and he always refers to these guys who were like the steroid suppliers like, Um, Balco, And then I can't remember the guy who was in Miami who was supplying to Alex Rodriguez, but he always refers to him as as a doctor who's not a doctor. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) right. right. You know, they, oh, I have this supplement for you. Yeah. It may or may not have steroids.
0: Cool, man. Let me just have it. (laughs) These guys
2: may or may not be obtaining this stuff legally, and they're distributing it probably illegally. So there's a lot of not good things that are involved with with this, in addition to the harm that's going on. being done to their bodies okay. as well.
0: So it's interesting you bring that up because in 2008 with the Roger Clemens thing, for those of you that mm-hmm. don't know, Roger Clemens continues to deny to this day that he ever took performance enhancers. But it's interesting that his trainer said, I am willing to go to jail. Yeah. Over this issue. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, because it's what you're saying,
2: he probably got it in some back alley somewhere. Yeah you know metaphorically speaking right but yeah he he probably got it through some illegal back channel to supply it
0: yep so that's a great point that if it is illegal right like (laughs) i don't even know what to say about that it's illegal you have to stop (laughs) yeah like i think
2: that's that was the big crackdown with the government is what you're what you're letting happen here is illegal. Um, I listened to an interview last week or a couple weeks ago with Bud Selig where he was saying, you know, we cleaned up the cocaine era. It's like, whoa, wait, what? Yeah. 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 Y- you should have. That shouldn't have even been a thing. And then you should have gone in and said, oh, wait, steroids are illegal too. You know, and it, it was almost like they looked the other way because, um, I mean, Jose Canseco was a guy who didn't even, wasn't even sneaky about it. Not
0: even sneaky. No. And then he got hit in the head with a baseball, and it all came out.
2: (laughs) Steroid needles fell out of his pocket. Ah, Everything. It was just this whole
0: thing. It was this whole thing.
1: (laughs) It's kind of interesting that maybe steroids weren't totally understood at all, because it seems like it. Even though in the past, like way back, say in the 1970s, there were thinking back to the Olympics, there were Olympic. Uh, athletes who had used steroids um, some, you know, now we know of them as, you know, they had, uh, they called it doping, you know, so they had, um, so it's, they're not the same type of steroids that the baseball players were using. So this is, you know, going forward in the future, new substances are coming out. So of course when these substances were showing up um, in you know mlb they hadn't been actually banned yet and so you know then then you do have to get the government involved because now we have a new substance that is using being used for performance enhancement is it dangerous does it need to be placed on the fda's list is it you know then there's it's much more of a it's it's a larger picture question than just you know concentrated on mlb if that makes any sense
2: yeah, I mean, you talk about steroids in the seventies. Sorry to backtrack yes, just a little please. bit, but there was a actually a great documentary that I watched. I think it was in high school. I took a sports lit class because that's kind of how I roll. No, um, <laughs> yeah. In case you didn't notice, but <laughs> but we watched this documentary called Doping for Gold, and it's actually about the uh, the East German Olympic team. They did. Uh, it was a state sponsored doping program. And the athletes didn't know at the time. They were just, like, getting their quote-unquote vitamins every day, right? And – but it turned out they were steroids. And it – it's jarring to see the effects of the steroids on those athletes, a lot of them specifically women. Um, I mean, there's a couple of them who went through gender reassignment surgery because they were like, well, I'm basically a man now, so I might as well um, because they were given such high doses. And I honestly think if everybody had seen that, like if anybody who ever considered doing steroids saw that, they would turn and run. Yeah. Because it, it is truly alarming.
1: Just from your description, I'm like, nope, that's not for me. Yeah.
2: Nope. Yeah. It is truly alarming, the effects of those steroids. And granted, like I said, it was incredibly high doses because those doctors had no idea the long-term effects that those drugs were going to have on those women. But no, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I don't care if there's millions and millions of dollars involved hundreds of millions of dollars involved I want to be able to live my life normally when I when I Absolutely don't. I don't want that So
0: uh, speaking of the 70s and then this will segue into my next point so Lyle Alzado is a very common name in the steroid conversation he played for the Oakland Raiders in the NFL during the 70s and 80s um and he you know died this horrible tragic uh very long-term death because of complications from performance enhancing drugs steroids and and i saw a documentary about him when i was in high school too and it was the same thing i was like whoa no no thank you never again i don't want to even think about it so then it's interesting though when we get into like tiff was saying like what is banned and when and you know this this chronological path that we're following as as medicine and pharmacology evolves. These a lot of these players who are hip to this kind of stuff and their trainers they're staying one step ahead of the game. Um, so in uh, back to the NFL again, Bill Romanowski is one of my favorite football players of all time. He wrote a book called "Romo: Is My Life on the Edge." And it's fascinating, but he talks about how he he's like shamelessly admitted to using performance enhancers throughout his whole career. Mm -hmm. And he said, I never used anything that was banned. I never used anything that was illegal, but I did everything I could. Networking connections, personal uh, financial sacrifices, whatever it was to stay one step ahead of the game. So as soon as I, as soon as I, it's like he said, I was using it and then they banned it and I moved to the next one because the medical community, right? This kind of shady medical community is one step ahead every single time anyway. So is that going on in today's major league game? Like, is that going on in today's baseball?
1: And because it's such an underground thing and it is right. Players know that what they're taking is supposed to help them grow muscle, Or, you know, think better, think faster, move faster, perform better, right? That's the whole thing. But I think that there's um, not a lack of understanding as a whole, unless you're a medical professional. You really, I don't know that you could really look at a a new substance that's on the market that has been presented to you and, and say, oh, you know what? That's probably a steroid and I shouldn't take it. You know, that like that common that common sense that should be there might not be. And I found this really interesting quote. Um, the Major League Baseball Commissioner, Fay Vincent, so this was from 1991. Um, after the rumors came out about Jose Canseco, he said, we could have done a lot more lecturing and lobbying and educating, but I didn't know anything about steroids. And I think that we also need to understand this piece of the picture is that there's as as this underground medical uh, uh, creation of new steroids is is being done. There's also the chase of needing to educate uh, everybody in the athletic community on those things. And you know what? Uh, it's just the drug is always going to be ahead of. The education is just going to happen. So this is part of the the unfortunate part that is real, and we need to understand and not always be so hard on maybe the commissioner or you know the uh, or the government for not getting those drugs on the list as quickly. It's because the uh, the pharmaceutical companies who are producing these are always one or two steps ahead.
2: Oh yeah, the pharmaceutical companies who specialize in stuff like that's their thing. It's their bread and butter, right? So they're going to try to stay. A step ahead and i don't and i don't i try not to bang on commissioners too much for that because they're businessmen i don't expect them to understand the science behind all that and most of the guys who work for them are businessmen mm-hmm. too right so i'm sure that they don't have a pharmacist consultant on staff somewhere they where they can say hey what's the update this week on steroids and, and maskers and and concealers and things like that you know like like what are you reading what's yeah, the word right on the street? exactly you know right. Like that, like that meme of, um, of Steve Buscemi where he walks up with his hat backwards and the, and his yeah. skateboard. Hello, kids, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> gonna send some pharmacists down to some shady, some shady shady clinic where he's like, "I'd like to buy some steroids, please." Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like they don't have. I guarantee they don't have that going on, so they don't know exactly what's happening. So it, there are gonna be guys who. Are doping in every single sport because you can't keep it 100% clean, and because the market is going is always going to exist because there's always going to be demand, there's always going to be money in it, and anywhere there's money, there's going to be people willing to, right. to take that money or right? um
1: or willing to try something new without truly understanding what they're taking. Right? I, I just think I just had to put this in there because I uh, have a, a an acquaintance who is a professional athlete, and she went to compete. Uh, in, in a competition. I'm I'm not going to give too many details because I don't want anything to, you know, I don't want anything to get back to her, but this is her story. Um, she had been taking a supplement that had been suggested to her. It was, she, you know, she said, I, I looked up the ingredients. It seemed fine. Um, but when she got to this competition and she is in the top, top of what she does, Uh, she was given a blood test or not a blood test excuse me a uh, a urine test and she came up with a marker of a new uh steroid that uh, had been recently banned and of course then she couldn't compete and compete and she you know she's talking about this and she's being really uh forward about it because she wanted to to talk about she it was a true mistake uh and she says you know be be careful of these new supplements that are coming out because you really just don't know what it is that you're taking. And her thing now is she says, you know, I'm sticking to diet and nothing synthetic because the risk is now too high. Mm -hmm. It's too high. And, you know, she had to go through that horrible pain of not being able to compete for several years because that was the consequence for, for hitting that marker.
2: Well, and that's part of the problem too, right? Is a lot of this stuff is so chemically close that there's, there's going to be a marker because they, that's another part of the industry is how close can we get it? How close to that edge can we get to help these athletes gain the edge that they want? Um, that, you know, that they, they want to, they want to try to provide as much of the benefit without going oh, over of the top. Um, because, uh, when I was a long time ago, many, many years ago, I wanted to be a pharmacist. So I was all, that's why I'm like, I'm all into this medical stuff. Like, um, when all the steroid stuff was coming out, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. This is like my two worlds colliding. Um, but one of the things I saw was there, there are certain drugs that the chemical skeleton is identical. However if you change one small chemical group like essentially move one carbon and three three hydrogens from one spot across t- to the other side of the chemical has a completely different effect mm, on it
1: that is amazing mm.
2: that that tiny little change and if you're doing that with with those with those supplements then that basic chemical compound is going to is like that structure is going to show up and that and i can totally see that happening that she's like oh it's not a it's not a performance enhancing drug but it has a chemical chemical similar chemical makeup and that's
1: that is amazing that's amazing and so like i i just am feeling so much empathy for um for athletes in this moment because this is new information for me i have no clue about any of this chemistry stuff that has to do you know you know what I mean this is new information for me and Mm -hmm. um you know I I feel like it's I don't know I'm just feeling the empathy like uh you know a player or another athlete could take a, a supplement thinking that it's safe and then it turns out to be uh you know it turns out to not be and that's that would be in horribly disappointing
0: okay Let's ask the Okay. Big, sorry.
1: <laughs> Moving on. Sorry. No more empathy. Stop it right now.
0: We got to stop with the empathy thing.
1: Okay.
0: I have two questions. The first question is, do you consider performance enhancing drugs cheating? Yes or no, Brad? Yes. Tiff? Yes. So do I. I think it's cheating. That begs the next question. Do players accused or found guilty of let's say found guilty of performance enhancing usage do they belong even in the hall of fame conversations i'll go last okay so i call <laughs> tiff do you want to andy up or do you want to yes where are the blinds who's got the big blind <laughs> oh,
1: that's funny um you know what? I do not believe that they belong in the Hall of Fame. And here's why. And again, I think when I when I think of athletes, there are, there are two kinds of athletes in my life. There are baseball players and there are Olympians.
0: <laughs> and that's the truth.
1: Those are the only you know, those are the only athletes I pay attention to. And in the Olympics, if you are found, even retroactively, if you're found to have been using uh, performance enhancing drugs, you t- you uh, are stripped of your title. You re- mm-hmm. you lose your gold medal or whatever it is. Um, and you are no longer listed as a winner of, uh, you know, of the Olympics for the year that you competed and won. And I believe that that same severity should be brought or should be uh, it's not brought in. It's not like it doesn't exist. The same severity should be in and baseball as well, because why would you, why would you put on a pedestal someone who, who changed their body to play, chemically changed their body to play the game better, um, where others did not and, uh, and deserve the, the accolade more, more? Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: And that's that's how I feel. I don't. I feel like humans, not not cyborgs, you know, not, not chemically <laughs> enhanced uh, people. Real humans sh- deserve to be uh, to be in the hall hall of fame because they truly did something amazing.
0: I agree with everything you've said, and for all the same reasons. But I would also add that baseball is obsessed with its past as much as it's obsessed with its present and its future, even maybe more so than its future. And if we are to maintain our level of wonderment and awe um, and things like that, then we have to give credence to, we have to keep the game pure, I guess is what I'm saying as pure as we can. Now I know that there's going to be some gray area in there and we don't know what was going on in the twenties and thirties and forties and on and on right with greenies and different substances that, that are mentioned in the history. We don't know. Should we ban the miracle Mets from any conversation because of uh, cocaine? I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the problem with reflecting back, especially in a time where there are no live, like surviving members of that time. Right? You know what I mean? Someone, someone that was an adult in the twenties. I'm sorry, but they don't exist anymore. Right. So there's no one to defend them. There's no one to actually have the conversation with. And so, unfortunately, it, we, you know, we can't strip them of their titles. We can't strip them of their accolades. And would would we want to? We don't know. We don't know them yeah and that time
0: i agree i just think it's sad that that we even have to have this conversation because i see it from all of the sides i get why the players are doing it you know wittingly or unwittingly i understand who, who's in it to gain financially and why you would feel compelled to do so i understand the fans perspective and what we want um, and I, you know on both sides i i know fans that feel very strongly about you know performance enhancers benefiting the game and and they and i hear people all the time i have conversations with people who argue that it should be legalized it should be normalized and it by doing so if you want to be better than everyone else or if you want to be as good as everyone else then you'll take the drugs too you know i've heard that conversation and it's it's interesting it for the same reasons it's interesting that we want to just ban them all out outright but here's what I think. This is my this is my final point and I don't want to hear what Brad thinks. Baseball tells stories. And that's why we're here. We're here because of the stories that we've heard when we were kids about players in the past. We're here because of the stories we experience throughout our lives. We're here because and we will stick around and continue watching baseball and being fans because of the stories that are yet to come and we want that there's this cosmic like ethereal connection to the game through the stories that we tell ourselves and the stories that are told on the field off the field and you I'm sorry there is no story without a villain there just isn't. And so I don't think that this thing will go away. I don't think it's, uh, I think it's the boogeyman we'll always deal with. And and that's okay with me. I like bad guys. You have to have a, you have to have a bad guy.
2: I mean, we have the evil empire in baseball. I mean, we have the Yankees.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Wow. <laughs> hey. Amazing. You have to have a bad guy though. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I totally understand that, and and as far as baseball telling a story, I totally agree with you. Um, I mean, the, and with the Baseball Hall of Fame, I mean, what is the Hall of Fame? It's a museum, right? Yeah. So I don't feel like you can tell the story, like I don't feel like you can have a museum that tells the story and the history of baseball, unfortunately, without guys who juiced, without guys who used steroids. Interesting. No, I'm not saying put Barry Bonds or Mark McGuire next to my favorite player of all time, Ken Griffey Jr. Because I would probably throw up, to be honest with you. Yeah. I would have a hard time standing there looking at the plaque of my favorite player, my hero as a child, and an adult, I'll be honest with you.
1: It's okay. It's okay to admit that. Having...
2: (laughs) (laughs) And, and having the plaques of those guys right next to him, Like, I, I don't know if I could stomach that because it was so frustrating to me to see those guys out hitting Griffey all those years. And then to come find out that it was because of steroids that they were, that made me feel better. But then the fact that they, they've reached the same place he did, that would make me sick. So my caveat is to say that maybe you have a wing or a hall that says steroid era. Have a different place for those guys, because because I'll say this, out of all the guys who use steroids, not all of them were setting were setting records, not all of them were reaching milestones, yeah. because they said with steroids it made good players great and great players legendary, yeah. and it sure did, you know, yeah. there. I mean Bonds and McGuire, those guys were legendary. Clemens, if he did indeed use steroids, which you know all evidence points to it. He was a legendary, absolutely. You know, so I feel like, yeah, it it did its job for those guys, but there were other guys it didn't do that job for. Yeah, it kept him at the big league level. It may have got him a a pay raise at some point or another, but those guys were were another level, and they probably would have been without it. But they were a whole other level, and I do feel like that level deserves some kind of recognition, but not with the guys who. We're at that level without it. Does that make sense?
0: It makes perfect sense. And
2: that I think that if you're going to put those guys in the hall, you've got to put them in a different place. Like I said, maybe maybe a steroid area yeah. uh, wing or hallway or something. But something that tells the story of that, that time in baseball, that this is something that happened. These are the guys who benefit from it. And at the time, it was a hell of a show. We really enjoyed it. But now it makes us all sick to our stomach to yeah. think about it. And this is their story. Yeah. We right. can call it the Asterisk
0: so. Addict. The Attic. There you go. We'll put them in the attic.
2: Yeah.
0: And yeah. there'll be, just be a big yeah, There a- you go. I
2: think it's a perfect spot a little asterisk. Or a shed. A shed. <laughs> a shed out in the north 40. Yeah. If you really want to go see these guys. Go so next them. time you're in the
0: but... hamlet of Cooperstown, you can say, Where's <laughs> the, asterisk, the Asterisk Cellar? It'll be down yeah. there with the rats and yeah. the wine.
2: Yes, I do feel like there is a spot for them, but not with the guys who. No, I like that. That's, that's
0: I like that. Mm -hmm. So, just to give you an idea, for those of you listening, I'm just gonna I'm gonna end this segment with a few of the names that are on this list, and some of them are are a little bit shocking. Some of them we've mentioned. So, these are the guys who have been accused of, and in most cases, um. Are the most notorious performance enhancers, performance enhancing users in baseball? We have Barry Bonds, obviously, Eric Gagne, Bartolo Colon, sit on that one for a minute, Melky Cabrera, Manny Ramirez, Armando Rios, Mark McGuire, Alex Rodriguez, Andy Pettit. Shane Monahan, Paul Bird, Brian Roberts. I feel like I'm I'm reciting some sort of eulogy. This is these are like these are our fallen comrades or something.
1: They are. That's what <laughs> I was gonna say. The fallen. Right?
2: David. Yeah. Well, Alex Rodriguez yeah, twice
0: and weeping over it, admittedly. Right. Yeah. Booping. Seriously. <laughs> After he slapped the ball out of that. Never mind. David. David Segui, however you say his name, Brad, I don't know. Segui. Segui. David Segui. Jason Grimsley. John Rocker. Paxton Crawford. Jim Layritz, uh, Rafael Palmyro. Wally Joyner. Holy moly. Tom House. Jose Canseco. Gary Sheffield. Benito Santiago. Jason and Jeremy Giambi, Ken Camantini, Ken Caminetti, Caminetti, is that how you say his name?
1: Oh, you just add an extra tip. Oh, sorry. It was a list. He was reading off a list. Ken
0: Caminetti. (laughs) So anyway, those are the names that, I mean, I was shocked by, like Bartolo Colon. I'm like, well, who who remembers that, right? But it's true. Well, I mean, there's a reason he's still pitching. Yep. So Uh, anyway, just let that sink in. And those are just the ones that are well-known, yeah. but it's a lot. If we're going to swing yeah. hard, if we're going to you know, lower the boom, it's going to have a massive impact even on today's players. Robbie Cano just got hung yeah. up for performance enhancers a couple of months ago. Last year, yep. Yeah, Stephen Wright. Last year with him, he's with the Mariners. Stephen Wright just came off of suspension a couple weeks ago. The comedian? No, I'm the, just kidding. The pitcher for the Red Sox. <laughs> oh my gosh Brad I do love Stephen Wright's comedy though
2: <laughs> he's the best so
0: freaking funny so funny It's it, did I not get the name right oh I did Stephen Wright okay no it's yeah it's Stephen Wright <laughs> just
1: one of those moments that you question you're like I think I know what I'm talking about
0: for the record <laughs> the comedian Stephen Wright is a Red Sox fan so take that put that in your blog and post it
2: there you go <laughs> oh there it is
0: <laughs> all right sorry baseball family this went a little bit long today but i feel like we covered a lot of good ground here as always let us know what you think let's have this conversation ongoing and when you get a chance um jump on the shop shop9 us.com and uh, pick your up pick yourself up some great baseball t-shirts and hats and don't forget that it supports a great cause 10% of everything we do goes to supporting charity specifically getting baseball equipment to kids who can't otherwise get it for themselves
2: and don't forget to subscribe rate review the podcast let us know what you think share your thoughts and we're going to have a mailbag coming up here pretty soon so send us your questions comments concerns side remarks whatever you want we will address them on the podcast and give you a shout out and once again baseball fa- baseball family thank you for joining us and we will catch you next week